It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Ball Hawks podcast. Uh, we are on episode 35 right now, the Gus the Bus Edwards episode. And oh man, do I miss that dude among many others on this Ravens team. Uh, I'm your host, Steve Fisher. You can find me on Twitter at SSFisher87. Don't find me tonight because I'm not in the mood to chat about the sky falling down. You can find me here talking about how this guy is not falling down. Um, and I am joined by a very special guest. He might be the same guest, but he's still a very special guest. Christopher Alfredo Linguini Phillips. Does it count as a guest when I'm technically the co-host? Potato, potato? But yeah. I, I do... I, I You're the sidekick still. Steve. 35 straight weeks. I can't believe I've let you on that many weeks in a row. I know. <laughs> I can't believe I keep sending you the link to the live stream. I know. What are we doing to each other here? <laughs> but I understood your reference this week. But like, yeah. like who is, like, I, I guess, yeah, I guess Linguini is the sidekick there. But like, you, you oh, want to say, you want to say Remy is the sidekick just because mm. like, just because he's, it's a stature thing, right? But no, like Remy's obviously not the sidekick just because he's a rat. Yeah. And and for anyone who's who's not sure what we're talking about, we're talking about Ratatouille. Uh, <laughs> Ratatouille. <laughs> because this is a family show. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it is definitely Alfredo Linguini. And uh, uh, you know, fun fact, I actually do have Remy under my hat here, and he's uh, he's oh oh there goes my arm. Um, he, he's helping me out today on the podcast. So. <laughs> He pulls your see, hair and you just talk Seahawks. See, look, watch, he's helping me right now. <laughs> and, and I mean, he's a chef, so he knows what's good to go in your body, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's going on this week, Mr. Fisher? Uh, some horrible football. Football's stupid. I hate football. Um, all of the above. And uh, before we get into any football stuff, uh, where can they find you, Christopher? I'm currently sitting on my couch oh. <laughs> um, in, in, my, in my basement in my house. That's a little uh, weird. Come over that's to his where house. you can find me. Uh, no, guys, uh, of, of course, you can find happy me to in be the here. Uh, week th- episode 35, uh, you know, it's we are, uh, you know, blown away by all of the support. Ballhawks podcast, we are proudly presented by the Dean Blundell Network. You can find me over on Twitter at PhillipsChris12. You can find Steve at SSFisher87. He may have said it, but we all know I don't listen to him anyways. Uh, and don't forget the podcast account at Ballhawks underscore pod. Let's try this again, shall we, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, dude? Oh, you know, uh, everything I said is exactly true. I, I do hate football, um, yeah. but, but I also yeah. love it. I, oh, how the 
turn table. <laughs> yeah, for for this week, I get to be Eeyore, and I get to be yeah. the sleepy, uh, pessimistic one of the group. Um, but yeah, it's football. You win some, you lose some. You weren't gonna. You probably let's let's rephrase it. You probably weren't gonna go seventeen and zero. So, um, yeah, I had, like, I had a great Sunday. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you did. You did a little adventuring, hey? I didn't watch hardly any football today. I I wish I would have followed your Sunday uh, ritual today. No, you don't. I wish I was watching football. But yeah, um, family and I went out. Uh, we drove about an hour out of town to, you know, hit, hit up a, a local farm, the, you know, the old pumpkin patch. It's October. Got to get that, that pumpkin to carve. And I guess Halloween is a week away, but we were like, God, where we're not even halfway there. Like we were, we weren't even through Kelowna yet. Cause like, and I looked at my wife. I was like, I'm already sick of driving. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? I was like, I'm sick of driving already. She's like, why? Cause you'd rather be at home watching football. I was like, no, I was like, okay, well, yeah, yeah. I would rather be at home watching football right now. I was like, but I've, I'm also sick of hitting every single red light on our way out of town. You hit the old higher register on her. Oh, no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I am Ron Burgundy. <laughs> <laughs> I, so, uh, Here's a fun fact. I, I used that one at, uh, at work yesterday and, uh, clearly I was barking up the wrong tree and it wasn't the right audience. Cause they were, I think too young to understand the reference. And they were just confused. They were just sitting there in silence. And I was like, and I just kept going with it. Cause like, I don't know what else to do at this point. So I, I'm just continuing on with, with the reference. With and I, I even said, I was like, yeah, I'm fully aware that I probably age myself and you guys have no idea what I'm talking about, but here I go. The old, pre- keep the old precursor to setting yourself like down the sewer just a little further. Like, I know what I'm going to do is going to be really stupid, but in my defense, I'm doing it anyways. Just and here. I even like at one point I was like, Anchorman, like Will Ferrell and like just nothing. <laughs> Not even like, oh yeah, like totally. No, nothing. So. Not even like... Oh, Will Ferrell. I've heard of the guy, but not that movie. Nothing. Ouch. Like I, yeah, yeah. So I, apparently I'm that old guy now. Well, we already knew that when you were yelling at kids at the playground. So this just cements that legacy for you a little Get bit. Get off further. my lawn! <laughs> as he says, as he rocks on his rocker, <laughs> spitting in his tobacco into a can. Clint Eastwood-esque with shotgun in hand. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, <laughs> yeah, let, let's uh, start off some around the NFL. Uh, I added this one in right off the start only because I'm super happy I ruffled some feathers in our Dynasty League. And we're going to be talking about Deshaun Watson possibly on the move. And when when I added him... Uh, on Friday, I was just listening to the Rich Eisen podcast and uh, they had uh, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle on saying how Deshaun Watson is going to be traded in the next week, if not for sure before uh, the trade deadline. He was talking about how Miami is the destination. So, of course, I'm killing a couple minutes and I'm like, what are the chances that no one else has added Deshaun Watson yet? 
he's sitting there in the ads like a greasy little you know what and uh i added him and i got some messages right away <laughs> so, there was a, a league post saying it shows the type of person i am no uh, really yeah it, it was pretty funny i haven't that, seen that, that was, one that yet. was from our buddy kyle he uh I, I sent him a message right away saying good for you um I also, in my defense of this one, I actually did say if our league commissioner could uh, manipulate the league somehow where nobody could pick up Deshaun Watson, I will freely drop him so he doesn't get picked up from anybody. And he said, I don't, I can't do that. Either he can't or he doesn't want to either way. Uh, Because I'm just thinking like, I'm going to be in a playoff race and somebody's going to out grease me. And win a championship with Deshaun Watson. Uh, so I jumped I jumped to it before they could take that chance from me. So uh, the, the newest one today was that he might be going to or Carolina might be interested. We don't have to go too far into the political part of this. I, I think we've already kind of hit it um, in earlier episodes. But my question to you is, what percentage... Do you think that Deshaun Watson gets traded to another team? Doesn't have to be Miami or Carolina, but he gets traded before the deadline. What's your percentage? Oh, that's a that that and I I just want to full disclosure. I did I didn't see it until long after, and you're like, oh, look at that pickup in the league, and I, I did <laughs> reply back just one word, greasy. Yep. Um, it, it because that, fully greasy move. I am on record saying that yeah and don't, and don't get me wrong it's not like like I, I i saw the same reports and i heard the same things and i went to our league and i saw him sitting there and i was like eh, like i'm still not confident <laughs> he's gonna play football this year so i i i, I held off um I, I didn't pick him up um my I'm big not- thing is if he doesn't get traded before what is it november 3rd or 4th deadline which is essentially a week i have to roster him for a week and a half if he doesn't get uh picked up by then i'm i'm dropping him because he's never going to play a snap for the houston texans i'm quite convinced of that yeah i mean i guess as far as percentages like i don't know call it maybe a 60 percent like i'm like i said like i'm not like greater than 50 percent, but like not a hundred percent because i'm still not certain that he's going to play this year and i think there's a lot of teams that are also kind of weary about the same thing um so they're they're, they're kind of maybe you know holding off on actually pulling pulling the trigger on a trade um so yeah i i, I guess i guess i'll say 60 percent, but even then like i'm not confident in that answer either so 60 percent, hey um, yeah, I, I, I just wanted to ask the question to you because in my opinion, like I have zero clue. All I was thinking of when I added him was I got to roster him for a week. If it happens, great. If not, bye. It's kind of like when you add Josh Gordon, right? You're like, yep. if he jumps into that lineup, well, I mean, it's a little different, but if he jumps into the lineup, you have an impact starter right away. Um, okay. How about this one for you? We've got. Lots of MVP talks around the league. Uh, You know, Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen. What about 
King Derrick Henry the first. I, th- I think it's the first, maybe. Um, if it wasn't good enough that he is on pace to... I, I figured it out last week. In a 16-game season, he would be on pace for 2,088 yards. So just shy of Dickerson's record. But we know there's an extra game in there. So he's on pace to uh, significantly beat Dickerson's record. And now he's entered the conversation as a quarterback higher register <laughs> he is Ron burgundy yeah. um yeah he uh i mean here let's let's, let's, let's see what, what derrick henry did today the ball first to go to tennessee direct snap henry he's gonna pass it touchdown michael threw it and the king reigns supreme through the air I, I love I don't know who that is on the uh on the the, the play by play, but uh and the king reigns supreme through the <laughs> air. I just I, I love that. That's a that's a great tagline. But yeah, I mean he, he's done that a couple times at least one other time anyways that I can think of in, in the past where kind of same thing he hits that line and does that hits that little you jump shut pass. your mouth right now. Has you, he not done that before? You shut your mouth right now. I know what this is. I'm already in a bad enough mood, Christopher. You don't need to be saying junk <laughs> like this. Baltimore. <laughs> this was the 2019 playoffs uh, I, at I wish Bank I, I Stadium. I wish I had that clip. God, um, I wish I had that clip. I would have right muted now. you. I would have <laughs> muted you from our audio. Um, and show's over. <laughs> yeah. So that was the first thing I thought of when I saw, I wasn't watching that game, obviously, but I saw the highlights. And as soon as he stuttered, I was like, Oh, he's going to throw this for sure. This is the exact same look um, that it's just you have to respect the fact that he's going to bulldoze through your line. Exactly. And then he goes and chucks one over top of you. So, I mean, I love Derrick Henry. I hate that he did that to the Ravens. But, you know, being a Bama fan myself, I love Derrick Henry. He uh, he's throwing passes to Michael Pruitt, not Michael, my Cole Pruitt, um, which I've heard in the future might not help anybody. You'll have to check in Tuesday uh, on the Thanos Fantasy Cast for. I heard it definitely isn't a very helpful <laughs> touchdown at all. Actually, um, might, might not okay. help anyone. Derrick Henry should absolutely, if he's yeah. not in the driver's seat of the MVP conversation, there's something wrong with this league. And everyone, everyone always says like, oh, the MVP, it, it's a quarterback award. It's a quarterback award. Well, first of all, Derrick Henry should have been the MVP last year. Derrick Henry was the MVP last year. I don't care. Like, sure, he won the offensive player of the of the year, which like, whatever. Th- th- that's a consolation prize. Like, Aaron Rodgers, sure, whatever. He had a good season. But I'm sorry, Derrick Henry bro- broke two two thousand rushing yards. He should have been the MVP, without a question, in my mind last season. He's on pra- on pace to do the same thing this year, and like everyone always says, like oh, like he did it last year. Like there's going to be some wear and tear, and he's going to start breaking down and blah blah. blah. He hasn't. He hasn't <laughs> yet. And I, I I have a love hate relationship with Derrick Henry. You're well aware of that relationship, <laughs> Steve. Um, for anyone who's unaware. I drafted Derrick Henry as a rookie in our keeper league. And I sat on Derrick Henry for two and a half years in our keeper league, his rookie season, his sophomore season. And then halfway through his third season, 
when I finally had enough. The Titans weren't using him. They were playing him behind DeMarco Murray. They were playing him behind uh, some other guy that he shouldn't have been playing behind. I, I can't remember his name right now, but it doesn't matter. He was not that good. And halfway through his third season, I was like, enough's enough. I've, I've got to cut my losses. I, I, I have to move on. I have to make a waiver claim. And I dropped Derrick Henry. And I think dropped. it was like three or Didn't trade. Dropped. Dropped, dropped yeah. Derrick Henry. But even that, like, don't get me, like, what trade value did he have at that time? Probably right. not a lot, right? Like, he probably wasn't going to, you know, net me, you know, a, a keeper in return or, or a high draft pick. Yeah. But sure enough, it was like three or four. It might have even been the following week. I, I, I can't even really remember it, it you know, at, at this point. It's been so long now. But shortly thereafter, anyways, he blows up. And I go, oh, no. What did I do? Because, like, could you <laughs> – could you imagine my team? Because like I had Kamara and Gurley at the time too. Could you imagine if I had Kamara, Gurley, and Derrick Henry all, all at the same time? Would have been fun. Would have been a lot of fun for me. And then yeah, not so much. At, I think it was last year. Maybe it was two years ago. When did uh, when did Kayla win the first overall draft pick? Was that two years ago? Yeah, because yeah, Kyle had ago. it. Kyle yep. had it this year. She had it the year before. So two years ago, I was offered a trade. <laughs> I was offered a first round draft pick and Derrick Henry for Alvin Kamara. And my response was fire Derrick Henry into the sun. (laughs) (laughs) I remember being at work uh, on lunch, reading that and being like, he's still so petty about it. Um, I am. I absolutely am. So I I have a love hate relationship with Derrick Henry. Uh, The the guy totally dominates and it's fun to watch. Um, but there is that small part of me that is still petty uh, that I was stupid enough to drop him. And I, it's still to this day, I have not carried Derrick Henry on any of my fantasy teams <laughs> to this day because I just, I have, I'm not superstitious, but I am a little stitious. And I can't, like, all that's in the back of my mind is like, I'm going to draft him and this is going to be the year that he drops off. Right. Uh, so a couple things here before we move on. Um, you're absolutely right that Derrick Henry is in the driver's seat for the MVP case. Um, if not, he's definitely cemented highly in that top five. Like he's a top five candidate and he is not number five. That's for sure. Um, the other thing, Chris is very petty as we just established. So I feel like I have to retract a little bit or at least challenge the notion i'm not going to give him chance to uh go back and forth on this one because he is petty and he doesn't like aaron Rodgers. so derrick henry absolutely being the mvp last year is your pettiness coming out like to the extreme did derrick henry have a case for mvp absolutely nobody's questioning that but saying that rogers you're you're almost discrediting everything he did that dude is 37 years old. He threw 48 touchdowns for 9.1% touchdowns to five interceptions, just five picks. He had a completion percentage of almost 71. Um, he had a quarterback rating of 84.4. These are all career highs, a rating of 121.5. That's the second best. Um, Did I mention he's 37 years old and he single-handedly torched the league in every way, shape, and form? 
Sorry, um, I, no, no, I, it's I'm, okay. It's okay. You, you no, no, I, I have a question for you. <laughs> yeah. Did you know this was coming? Like, how do you just have these Aaron Rodgers oh, stats when you, handy? You, when you were going on, I just have it on Pro Football uh, Reference right now. When, okay, when you like, were going off and I heard that, I was like, oh, yeah, keep talking so I can go look up these stats, you little okay. grease monkey. Perfect. It's, it's a yeah. good thing I'm, I, I, I like to rant because I was like, I was like, this is going to make our show sound like really, really scripted, Steve, <laughs> that you're like, well, you know, Aaron Rodgers had these, these and these. No, numbers. that no, one like, I was like, I was like, I remember because I had him on my fantasy team. Actually, maybe it uh, might have been last year, uh, but I remember following it last year and being like, this dude is unstoppable. Everything he touches is turning to gold right now. But you are right. Henry had a very good case to be MVP. Uh, this year he's even better. So, uh, yeah, I, I also think if he's not in the driver's seat, he's in the passenger seat for sure. Um, if we're talking about passenger seat or maybe like back of the bus or maybe like not even on the bus, where do we place the chiefs hitting the panic button after putting up a bagel boy in the first half against the Titans against a very, very bad Titans defense. You heard me, Christian. I said very bad Titans defense. <laughs> <laughs> by the by, the way, I, I I talked to Christian. I told him that you were disappointed that he didn't end his message last week with love, Christian. Right. And he says he only saves those for when he actually sends them through on Twitter or when he's actually able to uh, send the comments through live mm. on the show, okay. uh, which. Just a, a heads up for you guys. We're, we're probably going to change our streaming uh, service. Uh, we're hoping for next week um, where you guys can actually start interacting with us live during the show. So keep an eye out for that next week so you guys can uh, get, get those comments in and, and we'll uh, be able to chat with you guys live on air-ish, call it. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, like the, like you said, the, the, the Titans defense has certainly been suspect up to this point and then they lost uh their what was it first round draft pick caleb farley is out for the year um their d their front sevens still looked pretty good um i know christian's been super happy with uh is it jeff simmons yep is that the yeah jeff simmons christian yeah uh, christian's been super super happy with him this year uh, he said, uh, it, it, is it D'Amico, D- Domenico Autry? Um, he was their probably one of their best free agent signings. I think he said, uh, he said of all time, because wow. uh, it, it, it's helping Simmons just get that much more kind of one-on-one like space. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we've seen the Titans defense, you know, through the first six weeks and they weren't anything to, you know, write home about. And, you know, it's oh, the, the Chiefs are coming to town, and and what's going to happen? Like Pat Mahomes is going to pick these guys apart, but I, I he's going to pick something. He's going to pick something, and that's the thing is like we've we've talked about this. I I, I think um, or I, I know you brought it up. What was it a week or two ago? Teams have figured like shut down Tyree Kill, shut down Travis Kelsey, and force Mahomes to go to his secondary guys force Mahomes to go to the Mecole Hardman's the the Byron Pringles um you know Daryl Williams at running back like no more Jody Fortson 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. No more Jody Fortson, unfortunately. <laughs> um, which uh, God, I can't believe you said his name. I told myself <sighs> I would do this. Yeah, I promised Gretz I wasn't going to do this. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just teams. I think are just figuring like the Chiefs' offense is a three-man show, and if you can stop two out of those three, and just worry about having Mahomes having to sh- stop. They're having to worry about Mahomes uh, throwing to to the lesser skilled players on on the team. Um, that's going to help you. And also, I mean, just let, let's not forget their defense is even worse than the Titans' defense. Yeah, but they're pretty bad. Um, we did see Pat Mahomes throw quite yeah. a few. I think Pat Mahomes is is it more interceptions already this season than he threw all of last year? Really. I didn't but hear about that. It sounds right. He did have another one today. Let's look. First half team statistically fake the handoff. Mahomes steps up, doesn't throw initially. Buying time, throws, trying to force it in. Off the bounce, Tennessee has got it. Rashawn Evans. I think I, uh, I, I think the announcer says it perfectly there, and this is where I'm seeing a huge difference maybe this year is tries to force it in yeah and when you try to force it in eventually it's like it's not going to work every time like you're gonna you're gonna get your share of like ridiculous throws but when you put yourself in danger like that time and time again you're eventually going to get burned the one thing that i saw and have seen a lot of people saying like both in the off season and throughout the first call it now or now seven weeks is that he, he has it, call it interception r- regression. Yeah. Where like he, he's had a lot of luck these last few years with like dropped interceptions or, um, you know, like guys just narrowly missing intercepts, interceptions and things like that. And he's not getting that same luck this year, which I mean, I don't want to chalk up all of his interceptions to luck because they're, poor decisions yeah. um i mean th- that that it's clip true. is a prime example like you just said he forced the ball in um but i can't wait to see his wife tweet and uh see who she blames that interception on and see who his brother's going to pour water on when do you see that one ever uh i i don't think i saw that one but i know his um his his, other, his, his fiance his know, baby mama or whatever it is whatever his wife his his mom they they both like to blame everybody else for uh anytime the chiefs lose or anytime uh pat throws an interception it's always somebody else's fault it's always his teammates fault it's always uh you know the guy should have made the catch or um i think it was last week or it's like same kind of ideas as uh this week so it's like it bounced off a guy and then was was picked off and it's like well, those shouldn't count against the quarterback stats. And I was like, oh, you're cool. They he always threw have, the ball. They always have, whether it's fair or not. The The funny one the, or the funniest one that I saw was, I want to say it was a couple weeks ago. She said something about the refs never want to see the Chiefs win or something like that. And I was like, what? The Chiefs have been like the notorious, like they're the new Brady on the Pats team. They get every call going their way, like grow up. Um, but let, let's talk about that guy that I just mentioned, this dude named Timothy Brady. Uh, I always call him touchdown, Tim. 
Tom Brady passes for a touchdown for the 600th time in NFL history. No other player has thrown for over 600 uh, touchdowns, so he stands alone, um, just further cementing his legacy uh, as the greatest quarterback of all time. He's making it really, he's like in this Gretzky Jordan kind of era now where he's just piling on things after things after things. It's going to be pretty hard to, I don't think we're ever going to see a player like him in our lifetime that will challenge for the greatest football player of all time, uh, unless they like significantly change the rules to even further help quarterbacks. Um, but Brady passes for 600 touchdowns. And then uh, you have a clip loaded up here that's pretty funny. Uh, I have him on my fantasy team. I just traded for him. Uh, got a steal of a deal out of this guy. Good time to trade for him. Yeah. Scored a, ha- scored a hat trick today. Mike Evans puts up the hat trick. And on the one where it's Brady's 600th touchdown, he puts the ball down. And then he goes back and gets the ball and then gives it to the crowd. Yeah. Tom Brady... <laughs> Uh, one of one, only guy with 600 passing <laughs> touchdowns, <laughs> and Mike Evans. Whoops! What happened here? Watch this. Realizing, oh my gosh, I gave it away. The football. Oh no! Now you're about to see. I love I, Romo's reaction. Oh no! <laughs> I love the reaction. Now he starts laughing. Like, starts laughing. He goes, "I gave the ball away." <laughs> like. So funny, like just that reaction is one of like the all time like classic. Like, I can't believe I just did that, but there's nothing I can do but to laugh about it at this point. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this as well, where it's like you know you've reached a, a point of maturity where you can actually start cheering for Tom Brady rather than just hating him to hate him. And it's, I, I, I've said it once, I'll say it again. Let's all enjoy it while we can because he's totally. not going to play forever. And, uh, I mean, guys pass for, uh, now over 600 touchdowns and he's, and he's still going, um, th- this guy's going to hold all the records at the end of the day and, uh, we'll never see a, a quarterback like this again. So enjoy it guys. Yeah. Stop hating him and just appreciate it for what it is because it, it's greatness and you have to appreciate it. Yeah. Especially, you know, doing this for so long like just consistently at a high level from, you know, year one stepping in. Um, Yeah, you said it really well there. At a point of maturity where, and it also helps that he's not in the AFC and I don't have to see him every year and get bounced from the playoffs from him, you know, every once in a while. It's just, I've learned to enjoy the greatness of a player because there's going to come a time when Tom Brady hangs them up. And we're going to be thinking to ourselves, man, you remember when we used to watch Tom Brady? Remember when he threw 600 touchdowns? Um, absolutely the greatest player of all time. And it's not, in my opinion, it's not even a question. I don't think it's been a question for a while. And yeah, he's just pushing himself into another stratosphere of uh, cementing that legacy. So good for Tom. Good for Mike Evans. Um I, w- I won't uh, spoil one of the, the mailbag questions, but it has something to do with the touchdown ball. So I'll save that one. Um, let's get this part over and done with. I've been dreading this all day. 
The Ravens played. Don't yell at me. I'm sorry to do this. <laughs> Ugh. I'm sorry. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, yeah, as you can see, the Bengals walked into M&T Bank Stadium and absolutely routed the Ravens. Uh, this game was close for about two and a third, two and a half quarters, and then the Bengals just ran, like, literally ran away with it. Um, the biggest issue, tackling. Tackling has been uh, the Baltimore Ravens' Achilles heel. Uh, the one really long Jamar Chase touchdown. He's, he's like playing pin, uh, pinball with Ravens defenders. Ding, 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 ding. Oh, now I'll run away. Um, Ravens players are running into each other so they can't tackle him. Uh, it was just ugly. It was ugly all around. The offense never really sustained any sort of pressure. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't even know what to say. They literally got beat on all three phases of the game. Um, I didn't see that coming at all. I saw a close game. Someone messaged me right before the game started, uh, asked for a prediction. I think I still have it in my messages. I was deleting the messages. Oh, maybe I deleted a bunch of them. I was tired of seeing it. I said something like 28-20 for the Ravens. Uh, and he said, I'm going to go 27-21 for the Bengals. Uh, and he was a lot closer than I am. Uh, thought it was going to be a close game, but the Ravens just didn't have any answers to anything. Their rushing attack looks basically non-existent, which is pretty wild considering... Just a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how, you know, this Ravens team is setting all sorts of records for the most 100-yard consecutive games rushing in a row. Um, outside of Lamar Jackson, this team can't run the ball. Uh, Lamar Jackson had 88 rushing yards. He averaged 7.3 on the ground. Next was Devontae Freeman with 14 yards for an average of 3.5. Uh, he did get a touchdown in there, so if you had him on your fantasy team, maybe you were happy about that. Uh, I think it's all for waste. Anybody could run those kinds of touchdowns in. Tyson Williams, two carries. I was just about to ask if, if Tyson played this week. Yeah, so you've had him on fantasy for a while, and you're like, what's going on with him? And my answer yeah. is, he's clearly done something to be in the doghouse. Um He's not getting touches. He was inactive last week. Uh, I was I was going back and forth with some Ravens fans. I didn't see this part. I was I was actually I must have been in the middle of making lunch for my kids when this one happened. But apparently there was like a third and fifteen or a fourth and fifteen, and instead of I think it was fourth and fifteen. Instead of fighting for the first down, he just walked out of bounds, and. Uh, some people even said he was like really carrying the ball like extra secure. So it, it must have been a fumbling issue that has got him in the Ravens doghouse. Some people are saying that if he's still on this team by tomorrow, they would be shocked. This wow. time tomorrow, if he's still a Raven, they would be shocked. Maybe that's where all that running back trade interest was drumming up with See, other teams. Every time every time I've seen Tyson Williams, like he's always looked good coming like he he looks 
quick. He looks decisive, decisive. Like he, he it, 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 in in the little bits that I've seen of, of Ravens football, I've always been like, why aren't they giving this guy the ball more? And that's not just because I have him on, on my fantasy yeah. team. Like that's a, a true, genuine reaction where it's just like, I thought he's looked good. Yeah. So, <clears throat> well, yeah. Like for example, Le'Veon Bill got five carries, so he outtouched Tyson Williams. Five carries, five yards. His long was seven yards. You do the math on that one. One of those went for seven. So um, there was one where he got, I think it was one of his targets. Actually, it might have been his only target. He kind of got, got it out to the left-hand side. And you're like, yeah, there's the edge. Go get the edge. And he's just like, it's like he's got cinder blocks on his feet. He cannot move fast. He is not explosive. Um, he's not even powerful anymore. So it just, their running back room sucks, especially with Latavius Murray out. He was at least the guy there that I thought might carry the load a little bit and keep some sort of rushing attack going. Um, but without Lamar Jackson on that team, this Ravens offense, I don't know, might so struggle, I, might struggle <clears throat> to rush for 50 yards a game. That's how bad they are. So I have two questions for you. Yeah. First question. Do you think there's a possibility that the Ravens overlooked the Bengals that they, that they thought it was going to be easier than, than, than what it was? Um, I, I I didn't see the game, so I didn't yeah. see like the 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 effort. Um, but I mean, I know you were going into this week feeling fairly confident. Definitely. Um, yeah. So, like, do you do you think maybe the, the 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 players went into the game a little too confident? I I don't know if the players necessarily did. I just think the Bengals showed that they're for real. The Bengals showed that they are uh, a force. And the the obvious looks go to Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, uh, Joe Mixon. But what I was really impressed with on this defense was their secondary. Their secondary had the Ravens locked down. Lamar was getting sacked. Uh, so they're, they're, uh, the Bengals pass rush looked super strong as well. They were getting uh, push on the ball. They were driving the offensive line back. Um, and even they, when they, they just... couldn't get to Lamar, Lamar at some point had, you know, five plus seconds to throw the ball. And he was like, well, I can't throw the ball because all my guys are being locked down right now. So I, I think maybe they sort of looked at it as the little brother of the division still. And since he walked in there saying, nope, we ain't the little brother. Like, right. We, we, we've been showing that we can win and we're going to show you we can win. And we're ready to punch you in the mouth and take the division title back. And yeah. part of me is a little excited that that little bit of like, I haven't really felt a, a rivalry hatred towards the Bengals in a little while. And this puts a sour taste in my mouth that I'm just ready for that next matchup. So it's that love-hate about football. You can't win them all. The ones you lose, you're like, man, I can't wait. I can't wait until we get to, you know, go back to the Bengals. It just, it it, it makes the 
the division more exciting. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like everyone, everyone wants to see their team just cakewalk their way to a a, a Super Bowl championship. Um, But it's, it's fun to see them. Fun's a strong word. Um, But it's fun to see them like, you know, lose those divisional games. And like I said, fun's a strong word. You know, it's not fun to see your team lose, but like never, but to, uh, to see the battles and to see that the, the division be like uber competitive. Like, I mean, yeah. you and I have, have had this back and forth about, you know, what's the better division, <laughs> the AFC North, the NFC West. Um, but like the NFC West has been uber competitive for God, the last 10 years, like right. it, it's been super competitive. Right. And, and, and maybe not all four teams, uh, but at least three out of the four were fighting for, either the division um, title, a wild card spot, the second wild card spot or missing the playoffs altogether. So yeah. like, so it, it does add that, that, you know, fun competitive nature to sports. Like I said, we all want to see our teams cakewalk to a Super Bowl victory, but at the same time, that's not fun either. It, it's fun. It's, it's fun to see competitive football. Um, so my, my second question do you think the Ravens are going to be in the trade market? I mean, Marlon Mack has, um, you know, been given, uh, you know, a, a, a pr- approval, I guess it is mm-hmm. by the, by the Colts management to seek a trade. So apparently he's out there, he's available. Um, I don't know. I mean, Seattle has like 17 running backs right now, I think. So maybe, maybe they might be looking They're to move a guy all better maybe- than ours. Yeah, maybe San Francisco might be looking to move a guy, but like, I mean, Marlon Mack, we know is someone that's out there that is available. Do you, do you see the Ravens being in the market for someone like Marlon Mack or maybe someone different uh, and maybe making a trade to try to improve that running back room? All right. So before I answer that one, just a couple quick notes on, on what you were saying before about, you know, it's fun to see your team lose. You, you guys have to take that with like, read between the lines on that basically it's not it's not fun but i always tell people when i'm playing sports if i can win a game 10 nothing in what like what i don't know hockey game 10 nothing if i can win a football game like 52 to nothing or if i can lose like a tough game 24 to 21 or like a 2-1 game i'm always taking the game that's going to make me a better player and is competitive and it's fun to be in i want to win those obviously but Uh, I hate cakewalks. And the other thing with that is for how many years was Ravens versus Steelers a primetime matchup the entire world wanted to see all the time, whether you were Ravens or a Steelers fan. The only reason that it made those games fun is because the Ravens won some and the Steelers won some. And it was always a like... Uh, usually came down to the last field goal on like every single game within seven points. Um, so for, for sports to be fun, your team can't just walk away with wins all the time. So uh, not happy about the loss, obviously, um, but it, it does give that division another added layer. Like most people had the Bengals at the bottom of the division. I think I had them. I'd have to go back and look at like, my recap when I was on with uh, the guys that cover for. Um, but I'm pretty sure I had them third, Pittsburgh and last. I didn't see them first going into the Ravens by. Like 
Not at all. So uh, as for the trade market thing, yes, I think Eric DaCosta is one of the smartest GMs in the league. I think he is always looking to upgrade his roster. Uh, even in the year, uh, in, uh, 2019, when they were sort of just rolling games over and over, he's still looking to add players to his team. The issue with certain guys in this team is cap. The Ravens have like literally next to no cap dollars. Um, one way they could get out of it is if they do the big Lamar extension, they do that push cap to further years um, they could obviously make some space and get themselves a Marlon Mack, or I think I've heard Philip Lindsay's name thrown around or whoever that person might be. They're probably better than the stable of running backs that we have. So would I like it? Absolutely. Do I think it's going to work? Maybe not. The other issue with that is we just get hammered by injury after freaking injury after freaking injury. Um, right tackle Patrick McCarry went down with a knee injury. He could barely put weight on it. He's out. So now they're down to, I don't even know what tight end or, uh, right tackle it is now. They just lost Ronnie Stanley for the season. They need a tackle. They need somebody really bad. They're pretty hard to go find a tackle, like just kicking around in the league that nobody wants. Uh, and it usually costs some money to bring them in. So, that would be the only thing stopping them from doing it. But uh, I think if they can bring somebody in on a who's on a rookie contract still that they could fit under there. Absolutely. I have a guy. Who's that? Rashad Penny. There we go. <laughs> as mediocre to bad as Rashad Penny has been, he would instantly upgrade that running back room. As <sighs> even, like, even then with Rashad Penny, like, mediocre to bad whatever like Rashad Penny's biggest knock against him has been availability right he hasn't been able to stay on the stay on the field yeah um but when he has been on the field he's actually looked really good again super super quick shifty type running back um and I mean I I I think it's in Seattle's best interest to trade him at the trade showcase him in the Monday night football game, trade him at the trade deadline because you know, you're not re-signing him. I guess I, I shouldn't say, you know, you're not, but like highly unlikely. I'd be very surprised if they re-sign him in the off season. Um, So why not try to recoup something for him? Right. If you're just going to lose him. Yeah. Um, okay, just a couple more game notes. I would be rude if I didn't add these in here. Um, Hollywood Brown and former Raven Bart Scott have been Twitter beefing all week. Bart Scott said Hollywood is, you know, would never be a number one on any other team pretty much or something like that. Just trashing him. And Hollywood didn't even, uh, didn't really bite on it kind of took the higher uh, road on it. And uh, he had a massive catch coming at a halftime. This was like my peak optimism. I'm like, oh, wow, we're winning the football game again. We could do this. You're doing uh, it, Peter. Yeah. So it was kind of nice to see Hollywood shut Bart Scott up a little bit. Um, Hollywood has been amazing all year. He's looked like a bona fide number one. 
uh, just because he's not six foot four, 220 pounds, or like he's not the D hop. He's not the uh, Devonte Adams. He's not that big prototypical wide receiver one, but he's playing like a wide receiver one. He's showing up every game. Uh, so good for Hollywood. He, he balled out. Um, I was pretty pissed off at John Harbaugh today. There were two times in the game and maybe like, maybe I don't know enough about the stadium weather conditions. Like maybe it was gusting in there and, and they were concerned about kicking a field goal. But the one was, I think they said a 56 or a 57 yard field goal. This was early in the, in the first half. I, I saw just, your tweet. Yeah, Justin Tucker goes out there and he pulls him back for Sam Cook to punt it into the end zone. So they got like a, a net yardage of like 15 to 20 yards added on there. I would have rather seen them just try for a long pass. Um, Justin Tucker proved he can kick from anywhere on the damn field. I, I would let him literally kick from almost anywhere. Uh, and they actually pulled him out for a second one that would have been in that kind of mid to high 50 range I, I know it's not likely the numbers are against you but you have a weapon in Justin Tucker friggin use him it's not that difficult he can Freaking kick an A man yeah like I, I know field goals you know it's like the coward way out you're gonna lose games if you settle for field goals but that's not settling settling in that situation is settling for a punt not being aggressive on it so I, I was a little uh, choked about that um yeah other than that Rashad Bateman looked really good really happy I traded for him in fantasy football before he you know had a good yardage total I think this kid is going to be unbelievable they've got a really gnarly one-two punch one-two-three punch with him Hollywood and Andrews that's fun to see what Um, was his uh stat total this week I think he had just 80 yards Okay. Uh, just, just 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 eighty yeah. yards. Like that that's a productive day yeah. for a guy that's playing what his second game of the season. Yeah. But on three catches. So when Ooh. he when he made catches, he made a big impact. Uh he was targeted six times. Mark Andrews was targeted seven times. Hollywood Brown was targeted fourteen times. So wow. they uh I'm telling you. Hollywood was maybe my best late pick in uh, fantasy football right now. Yeah. Um, All right. Seattle Seahawks. There's still hope for you this week anyways. Uh, Why don't you give us the Monday Night Football preview? Monday Night Football. (laughs) Man, like, I love Monday Night Football. Like, there's nothing I love more than, than Monday Night Football. Um... I went down for, I'll, I'll never forget. I went down for a Monday night football game. I, I, I say I'll, I'll never forget, but I actually can't remember the year. I want to say I was 18, 19 when I went down. Anyways, I went down for a Monday night football game when Jerry Rice played for the Seahawks and it was phenomenal. Like nothing compares to those primetime games. Like they're just so much fun to be there. Um, but yeah. Seahawks versus Saints, Monday Night Football. Uh, Geno Smith getting start number two at quarterback for the Seahawks, uh, going up against, uh, you know, famous Jameis and the New Orleans Saints, who have already ruled out Taysom Hill. So it's for sure going to be the Jameis show uh, in Seattle tomorrow night. 
Um, I'm excited. Like, so full disclosure, um, I, I'm typically very active on, on Twitter very, during Seahawks games. Uh, I won't be tomorrow. Uh, I, I work. I work tomorrow and I, I work until about six o'clock. Um, so I'll, I'll actually be watching the game on a delay. So if anybody's tweeting at me, if anybody's trying to text me past like five 30, um, I'm ignoring you and just know that I'm ignoring you. Um, it could be like, if it's life or death, call me. Um, because if it's a text message, I'm, I'm not looking at my phone. <laughs> if, you if learned your lessons. Message. Yeah. And, and I'll be telling my work the same thing tomorrow being like, if you guys need to send me somewhere like for a deal, call me. Cause after five o'clock, I'm not looking at my phone. Um, what am I looking for tomorrow? Um, Jamal Adams. Yeah. Uh, which, he, which Jamal Adams higher register Jamal Adams. I'm looking for Jamal league. Adams. Like I, I'm, I'm not looking for like, I'm, I'm not looking to crap on the guy. Like I, I think he has done, you know, a, 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 a good job this season. Um, but he hasn't done a 17 and a half million dollar job. He hasn't done the, the job of the highest paid safety in the NFL. Uh, in, in my opinion, um, He's, he's done a lot better in coverage this year than he has last year. Uh, I, I know there has been a couple deep balls caught uh, w- with Jamal right there, but I mean, the Deshaun Jackson one that everyone likes to crap on him for, um, I mean, the only reason that ball was caught is because it, the ball was underthrown. If, if, if the ball was thrown properly, uh, Jamal probably would have picked it off or at least batted it down. Either way, Um but I want to see him be more involved. I want to see him. I mean, last week against the Steelers, he had a ball thrown right at his chest and he, he didn't catch it. Um, he doesn't have a sack all season. I don't even, even know if he has a quarterback pressure all season. So I want to see Jamal Adams more involved, uh, both in the game plan and just being more active on the field and, and more uh, noticeable, present, uh, making plays. Uh, things that, you know, we all expect when he gets paid to, uh, to, you know, be the highest paid safety in the entire NFL. Um, the Seahawks pass rush needs to improve. Um, it sounds like Daryl Ter- Daryl Taylor might actually play after being, uh, you know, strapped to uh, a, a backboard last week in Pittsburgh. Um, it sounds like it actually was more of a, potentially shoulder issue than it was actually his neck or head or anything like that. So he might play tomorrow night. It sounds like it's a game time decision, Um, but it's not just him. The entire defensive line needs to do a better job uh, creating pressure on the quarterback. Uh, You know, obviously I I want to see sacks, uh, but at least like force something, force something, get some pressure and force a bad throw you know Jameis is going to make some bad throws. Um, so get some pressure on him and force even more of those bad throws. Um, you know, yeah, talk about Pat, Pat, Pat Mahomes forcing balls. Uh, Jameis is going to force a lot tomorrow. Yeah, and I think what a lot of people forget about defensively is sacks aren't everything. Um, the Ravens had a guy named Zadarius Smith who 
did not have a high sack total, but his pressure rate was through the damn roof. And uh, the Green Bay Packers offered him a three-year contract. I want to say it was around 64, 65 million. And everyone was like, whoa, you guys are going to pay $22 million uh, for this guy who barely has any sacks. And Gutekunst was like, yeah, because he gets to the quarterback. He causes quarterbacks to make quick decisions, bad decisions, and, you know, every once in a while he does get a sack. And then uh, he was just unbelievable that first year. Yeah. Um, I mean, other than that, um, I'm interested to see Rashad Penny in his return to action. Um, Alex Collins is dealing he's a little bit banged up um which i mean can't blame him when he was punched approximately 75 times uh by tj watt last week give give or take like right no one or two punches um so i'm excited to see rashad penny return hopefully he can stay healthy like i said a few minutes ago his biggest issue has been availability but Let's not forget the biggest thing about Monday Night Football, the biggest thing about the Seahawks game tomorrow is not actually happening uh, on the field or at least during the game, at least during the 60 minutes of the game. The biggest thing that's happening tomorrow for the Seahawks game is uh, Matthew Hasselbeck is being inducted to the Seattle Seahawks Ring of Honor. And uh, I can't wait to see that. I, sorry, uh, just so everyone knows what I was doing there. I thought Russ was getting his pin out tomorrow. That's why I was given like the little wiggly finger. Uh, much more important, Hasselbeck going to the Hall of Fame or Ring within, of Honor. Within the next week, Russ is supposed to get his pin out. But nice. we'll, I'll talk about that when it actually happens. But <laughs> no, the, the the biggest thing is, yeah, it's Matt Hasselbeck. I mean, I don't think Matt Hasselbeck gets his, his due uh, in uh, – God – around the league let alone in seattle i mean there's so many seahawks fans and i hate to be this guy but there's so many seahawks fans that jumped on board in you know 2012 2013 when it's like oh my god this team's really good right and like i've i've been a long time long suffering seahawks fan um you know let's bring up our our good friend christian (laughs) christian has a fan or I'm not going to call it fantastic. Christian has a nickname for Matt Hasselbeck, and that is Matt Huckapick. Um, so it, 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 I, he's been my guy. Um, you know, he was one of the first guys that when I started watching football, he was the quarterback of, of the Seahawks. It was him and Sean Alexander. Um, but for whatever reason, I just gravitated towards Matt Hasselbeck. I loved him as a quarterback, loved him as a person, just his – his humble humbleness, uh, but also he had a little bit of cockiness as well. And everything about him, I have always enjoyed. I've always really appreciated Matt Hasbeck. Uh, even now as an analyst with ESPN, um, I mean, he still represents the Seahawks on ESPN. Um, any, anytime he's talking about, you know, the, the, the Seahawks, he's always excited and, and, and proud to, to, to represent them and, and, and their brand. So, I, I'm really excited to watch uh, that Ring of Honor presentation tomorrow at halftime. 
uh, I, I was talking to Nadine about the game. She's like, well, like, yeah, like you'll be out like behind, but like you'll skip through all the commercials, you know, you'll skip through halftime. Like you should catch up before the end of the game. I was like, not, not this week. <laughs> I'm watching <laughs> the full halftime show this week. Yeah. She goes, well, how come? And I explained it to her. She goes, oh, okay. But like, so yeah. <laughs> did she so, actually say it in like an ER voice? Like, okay. She did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Don't tell her I said that. Don't tell her. At least I know she doesn't listen to this. I'm really excited. I mean, I I, I wrote a blog post this week about Matt Hasbeck and his legacy in Seattle and kind of the, you know, the uh, effect that it had on me when I was a uh, teenager, you know, first getting into the, the NFL and, and, and the whole league. Um, and I ended that post with, uh, saying that the, I fully believe that the Seahawks should actually retire number eight. I know they reserve that, uh, honor for guys that have made the hall of fame. Um, I don't think Matt Hasebeck makes the hall of fame. Love the guy, but realistically, I, I, I don't see it, but he is hands down the best player to ever wear the number eight in Seattle uh, up until this season when Carlos Dunlap, a, a defensive player, um, nobody wore number eight up until this hmm. season when a defensive player was like, I want it. Um, <laughs> so like in, in my mind, it's kind of been already honorarily uh, retired. Um, so why not make it official and retire the number eight and give the guy the respect um, the full respect that I feel he deserves. Um, but yeah, otherwise guys enjoy Monday night football. Um, I don't know what the score is going to be, but the Seahawks are going to win and uh, you know, let, let's enjoy it. M- Michaela is going to be there. I'm super, oh, super sweet. jealous. Yeah. Yeah. So Michaela gets to go to the game tomorrow night and then she turns around and she goes to the game next Sunday against the Jaguars as well. Uh, when the Seahawks are actually in, uh, inducting Mike Holmgren into the Ring of Honor, so M- Michaela definitely picked the two probably best games of the year to go to. Crazy, yeah. Now that you mentioned it, I remember her telling us that she was going to that. Yeah, um, yeah, that'll be fun. And I also remember tweeting to her maybe an a-, a couple hours ago, asking if there's any like suggestions on how you can stay warm. Um, so. I feel stupid for being confused that she was going to that. I knew that. Um, Drink a lot. (laughs) I said hot pause. And then I was like, if they're actually, if they're actually called hot pause down there, but like hand warmers, feet warmer and make sure your rain jackets like waterproof, not like water resistant. Those $5 Um, ponchos at the stadium. Absolute lifesaver. Yeah. Yeah, it, unless it's in San Francisco and they're blowing over your head, in which case that doesn't actually matter. <laughs> that helps no one. That helps no one. <laughs> okay, Chris, I know you're excited for this one. I'm also excited for this one. But more than usual, I'm really excited for this episode or segment of the third down. Why is that? I yeah, kinda guys. Hint, I kind of uh, hinted on Twitter as you were... You were doing some Seahawks rambling, so. Episode 35, the third down uh, segment is back for the, I'm going to call it 32nd time, because I don't think we started off 
<laughs> I don't think we started the the, the the podcast with the third down. I can't we remember. We can't count. <laughs> that was a long time ago. <laughs> Anyways, guys, uh, this week, the third down is actually once again presented by Bad Tattoo Brewing. Uh, which, which one are you enjoying right now? I've got the chocolate peanut butter porter. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Man, this thing is like, good. Holy. If you have access to this beer, get it because it is so, so good. And if you're and in Canada and if you, you don't, don't have, have access, access to it, I think we have a way to get to it. In Kelowna, don't worry, guys. Uh, we have the way to do it. And that is, I mean, who doesn't want beer sh- shipped directly to their doorstep, right? I mean, I know I do. I know Steve does. And I'm sure some guy in like, Nova Scotia probably wants beer shipped directly to his doorstep too. And there's a way to do that. And that is by signing up for the bad tattoo beer club today. You get exclusive access to new releases with no monthly fees, no minimum orders and no commitment. So go sign up for the bad tattoo beer club at badtattoobrewing.com and order some damn good beer because I know Steve and I went down there for a meeting with the guys at Bad Tattoo on Thursday. And we've, I mean, I've already gone through a four pack of this chocolate peanut butter porter. Uh, Steve probably has as well. And as soon as we were at that meeting on Thursday, they were like, oh, like, can I, can I get you a pint? And I was like, chocolate peanut butter porter. <laughs> Steve he- and I both like, yep, that's what we want. Like it's, it is phenomenal guys. Yeah. They're like, do you want a menu? And I was like, do you have the chocolate peanut butter porter? Yeah, we do. Okay, well, then that's my answer. Yeah. 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 Thanks for making it easy on me because that's what I want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, guys, go go sign up for the the, the beer club. Um, I know Steve and I just uh, made our for, first order um, of the uh, mixed case. So it's the four kind of like flagship beers uh, along with four more of the chocolate peanut butter porter because we can't get enough of it um but yeah guys badtattoobrewing.com go sign up for the beer club today uh you won't regret it like i said beer shipped right to your doorstep you can't go wrong and uh correct me if i'm wrong because you actually did the ordering and i'm just may or may not give you money i haven't decided well i guess i'm gonna have to or you're never gonna give me the beer um, I mean, you don't have to. I'll just drink all the beer. Right. So that's okay, too. That's not an option. I'll, or I'll just get, <laughs> go get my own. Um, $85 for 24 tall boy cans. It so worked out to like with, because um, of course, you know, there's alcohol tax and, uh, you know, d- deposit fees and all that. Right. Stuff. It was like, call it 100 bucks. Right. So you're looking at like, Less than four dollars for a tall boy of amazing, amazing beer. This you you can't get it cheaper than that. And Chris said it, they deliver it to your door. <laughs> it it's honestly like such a no brainer, especially when they're pulling out. I know some people say, well, maybe I don't want twenty four of this, but now they've got you know the flagship pack where you're getting six different beer and the thing i really like about bad tattoo the most is um no matter what time of the year there's always a beer no matter what you're feeling like right now i've been doing a lot of light beer still because i'm mourning the loss of summer uh and their cerveza negra is amazing little bit of lime in there 
Um, and even though, you know, it's what, 10 degrees outside and, you know, pumpkins are falling everywhere, it's still such a good beer to have, uh, you know, on an October day. So, so are, are pumpkins falling from the sky where you are, Steve? They're not where you are. <laughs> I mean, I know there's only a bridge that separates us, but like there's no pumpkins falling from the sky. Oh, my you West Coloners are so soft. <laughs> you don't even have to deal with pumpkins falling. So closed minded. <laughs> yeah. So um, th- thanks again to Bad Tattoo. Uh, they're going to be our official sponsor going forward. Uh, and they're going to be uh, bringing the third down. So what do you have for the third down for us, Chris? And go check them out guys They're uh, When we were there at bad tattoo in, in Kelowna, um, they're installing some TVs and, and they're going to be the, the new location to go watch some, you know, NFL football. And uh, you, you best believe that once those TVs are installed, Steve and I are going to be down there and we're going to be watching some football and enjoying some more, you know, fantastic fantastic beers and if um, if you're there you have to try out one of their pizzas like they they rival all pizzas uh they've got the old the old wood or i don't know what they call it now like the the classic old school ovens the brick ovens where uh you walk in there when they're cooking a pizza you you know what? you don't even walk in you're just kind of walking by and you're like yeah i'm hungry for a pizza let's go what goes good with pizza football and beer and beer and beer and beer and beer. <laughs> My favorite thing that like from our meeting with them is that like they use fresh, fresh ingredients. Like, the, yeah. the, the, the cool example that they use for us is like, we're working on a, a pecan oh, pie right. beer. And how are, are we going to accomplish that? We literally took full pecan pies, like crust and all and threw it in. We just threw, right. threw them in, threw them in the cooker. And we're going to cook them down. And we're going to include those in our beer. And I just think that's super cool that like, you know, they're, they're not cheating the method. They're not like trying to like skate by on, on, you know, bullshit extra extracts and, and, and syrups and whatever else they're, they're actually using like real ingredients. So anyways, third down, Steve, I, I promise you it was, it was coming, but I can't help talking about beer when, I enjoy beer so much. <laughs> um, I mean, it's the week before Halloween. We are well into well into fall at this point. Um, I was driving home from um, you know uh, the the farm that we hit up today, and I, I remember saying to Nadine, like, you know what I love about fall, and I just like I don't even finish my sentence. I just point at all the leaves changing and like just like that is one of my favorite things about this time of the year is like, there's just so much that like signifies like, okay, it's fall. Like when summer happens, like, okay, I like it's hot now, but like fall, it's like, Oh, like there's so many different things. So this week I thought I'd like maybe, you know, put a magnifying glass on some of those, uh, call them fall traditions and things that happen in in the fall, whether they be uh, nature or things that we just kind of gravitate towards or naturally do because it, it is now fall uh, for the third down this week. So, Steve, are you ready? I'm so fall tradition ready. Let's do this. Right. Third down. 
All right, buddy. So uh, first one we're going to start with is because, I mean, I did this today, so I'm going to start with this because I'm biased and it's my third down. <laughs> um, so that's hitting up the old pumpkin patch to go, you know, pick out the, 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 just that perfect pumpkin. You got to make sure it's real good one, right? Like one that's not going to rot on your doorstep before you have a chance to carve it. It's got a good, good spot to carve, like a real good, like, design in it like maybe you want to do a jack-o'-lantern maybe you want to go fancy and like i don't know, carve mickey mouse into the side of it i don't know what you want to do but what do you like better the, the picking of the pumpkin or the actual pumpkin carving well i gotta say you made picking out a pumpkin and carving about as cool as you can make it sound like you were like fist pumping and your teeth were clenched and you're like yeah that really good pumpkin like I thought, yeah, I, th- I don't know. I thought you were going to, like, blow a blood vessel. You were so excited over this. Picking out the pumpkin in... in uh, sorry, I- I'm not going to influence you. You make your pick and I'll voice my opinion. Well, I was kind of waiting for, like, the other choice. I was like, okay, picking out a pumpkin seems super important to this dude. Like, <laughs> I almost feel bad. Like, whatever else he's going to say, I'm just going to, like, pick that just because I like pissing him off a little bit. Um, I honestly think you can... It's fun. You get, you know, when your kids are little, especially they get to run around the pumpkin patch and there's usually other stuff for them there. You might stop for like a hot chocolate. Um, it's fun seeing the different shapes and of the pumpkins thinking like, what can we do with these? Uh, but nothing beats sitting down at the table and you've, you've got your stencil there and kids are carving it. And when your kids are young, like ours, it's like never looks anything remotely like a pumpkin, but it's still so darn cute. Um, my brother was for a few years there anyways, he was really into like getting the stencils on there. He even did like a Raven's pumpkin, like did all the stenciling and stuff. I thought that was cool. Just because I know my kids probably like it more to actually carve the pumpkin. Actually, you know what? I don't know if they actually like carving the pumpkin more. I, I, I like seeing what people come up with on their pumpkins. So I will, I'll pick that one. Ugh, pumpkin carving, eh? See, yeah. uh, and, okay, and that's why I was waiting for you to to pick. I think actually picking the pumpkin is more important than carving the pumpkin, um, just because it, it it's like, like I said, you have to make sure you get that perfect one. But and I hate carving the pumpkin because it's like my kids are I'm my kids are at the point now where they they want to do like the I guess more tra- traditional jack o' lantern. So I'm like, okay, like, what shape do you want for the eyes? And I'm like drawing on a piece of paper all their options. And they're like, okay, dad, this one. And now I have to do it on the pumpkin and carve it out. And and like the, the kids don't, they're not quite old enough yet to like help with like gutting the pumpkin. So like pumpkin carving is all on dad at this point. So for me, it's the actual going to the pumpkin patch, picking out the pumpkin, picking out that, that you know, that perfect gem. Make sure it's round enough, big enough. That's what she said. Um, wow. <laughs> I anyways. Of, I kind of like picking out the unique pumpkin. Like, everybody wants the perfect one that's, you know, that hallmark pumpkin. I like picking out that weird-looking pumpkin, and you're like, yeah, I could do something fun with this. Get a little creative with it. Um, there's nothing like digging out the top, and you're scooping it out. I don't know. Maybe my kids are just weird because they've seen us gutting animals, but I, I don't mind gutting pumpkins it takes all of like 17 seconds 
I mean, uh, anyways, yep. let's move on. Let's, let's move, move on. on. I could go on for way too long about too pumpkins. Too long. Pump, pumpkin Discord. Um, so anyways, uh, I mean, one of the other, you know, fun kind of October fall type traditions is, uh, and this is kind of all falls in line with hitting up those pumpkin patches. A lot of them have a corn maze, mm-hmm. which is, of course, always a lot of fun, especially with, with having kids because they always try to, you know, lead the way. And oh, I, Dad, I know how we can get out of here. That, that's my daughter all the time. Dad, let's go this way, which I, I, I love it, um, which uh, versus another fall fun tradition going out picking some apples and i mean it's it's apple season baby it's apple crisp apple pie it's apple bread it's apple whatever but you got to go pick those apples first okay a couple things here what is apple bread i've never heard like apples like apple cinnamon like it's basic it's basically cake it's like it's like banana bread right like banana bread is Hmm. basically cake but like apple bread Okay, so, so like I've, I've never apple, had apple bread. Apple cinnamon, like, throw it all in. I mean, it sounds delicious. It I Call li- it bread. I like apple pie, and it sounds a lot like apple pie, to be honest. Um, I bet you like apple pie. I do like apple pie. I like apple crisp. Never heard of <laughs> apple bread, but same thing. Um, which leads me into the other part of it. I have never gone through a corn maze, nor have I ever picked apples around Halloween time. But if I had to choose between the two of them, uh, picking apples. Picking apples. Picking apples because there's the, you get something out of it. You get something. You out of the, you've never done a corn maze. Never. Really. Seems stupid. So, McMillan's has a fun one, um, but if you really want to hit, hit up a really fun one, which is like leave the find a babysitter, leave the kids at home. Um, out in Vernon at O'Keefe Ranch. Okay, they have like a um, like a haunted corn maze, hmm. and they have like hired actors and what have you to pop out and like dressed up like you know watch your favorite scary movie and like pop out and scare you You're with like, like chainsaws and knives. Not Chucky, and, that's for sure. We already talked about that. Yeah, lock <laughs> your doors, kids. <laughs> um, I, I think um, what's ruined you know, those scary corn mazes or whatever for me is you and I both lived in Kamloops. Um, there was that old, I, I think it was like an insane asylum, Padova. Um, you're not really supposed to go there. I think it's called trespassing. So we may or may not have done this. Uh, if anyone's asking, I've never done this, but uh, I've heard, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It is such a creepy place to be around. Like you just, you're you're there and you're like, this looks like it's in a horror movie. So maybe corn mazes just don't have that same appeal. Not only that, why am I going into this place to get lost? The the, the haunted corn maze, I will say, I, I did it. It would have been seven years ago that I did it because Nadine was actually pregnant with Olivia <laughs> when we did it. And Nadine's like, I swear I'm going to go into labor. Um, but it, it was a lot of fun. So I, I highly recommend the haunted corn maze in uh at, at o'keefe ranch sweet and uh maybe if we could find some babysitters uh well probably not this year but maybe next year we'll hit it up uh moving on um i mean of course again october brings halloween which means watching scary movies which 
I know that's probably not going to be high on your list of things to do because you hate movies. It's literally the thing you hate the most in, in this world is, is watching movies. Um, so anyways, watching scary movies versus just enjoying that. It's just the, the, the cooler weather. Like it, it's nice and like crisp in the morning. Mm. Uh, usually in, in the afternoon, you're like, Oh God, why did I wear a jacket today? And then like the five o'clock hits and you're like, Oh yeah, that's why I brought a jacket today. Like <laughs> it just, it, I don't know. I, I, I know I enjoy the, the, the nice crisp fall weather. Um, but I also love watching movies. So what, what are you going to pick here? Um, yeah, despite all the flack I do take about movies, um, again, horror movies just aren't really my jam. Um, you know, maybe if you're thinking like scary movie is like zombie apocalypse movies, then maybe, um, but I I love the warm weather. I am I am someone who could live in summer year round. I if I never saw cold weather, it wouldn't bother me at all. But with that said, I, I do like the crisp air. There's just it's something about the changing of the air. Um, you know, especially where we live, where this year I think there was what like almost two weeks of 40 plus degree weather. If it wasn't 40, it was like 38, 39 uh, degrees Celsius for all you American listeners, uh, which I don't know what that would be like 111, 114 Fahrenheit kind of range probably. Um, so where we live, it's kind of like a nice relief from all that heat. I know it's necessary. Um, and the crisp weather for me means that hunting season is coming. And so that's why I'm picking it. <laughs> have you been have you been reading my list? <laughs> oh, is hunting next? So final matchup. We have the good old October Thanksgiving feast. Oh. Yes, I said o- October. Yeah, not we, November. That's when we celebrate Thanksgiving is in October. We're in this pro- properly fall. We're here in the time zone of Canada. Thank you. Yeah, that good old Canadian time zone, right, Marquise? <laughs> Poor Marquise. And while we're on the topic of Marquise, I am thrashing him. Absolutely <laughs> routing him in fantasy football right now. It's not even close, and I still have a player playing. Um, love you, Marquise. And versus hunting season. Fall brings hunting, and I... I I didn't want to include it because I knew I know too much about you, Steve, and I know that you love hunting. Um, but I mean, I also know that like that's a big tradition for hunters is like you just said, the air gets a little bit crisp. That means, you know, the leaves are changing. I get to go hunting. I get to go fill my freezer for the winter. Well, I'm wearing a camo hat. I'm also wearing my, uh, hunting branded gear our family are huge hunters um it's been like one of my big solitude pieces uh for the last however many years since i met my wife and really started to get in uh to hunting it's got to be hunting i can have an i can have a november thanksgiving feast i can have that same thanksgiving feast at usually christmas time or at easter time 
What I can't do at Christmas time, hunt. What I can't do at Easter is hunt for everything. I can still hunt for bear and stuff, but um, it's got to be hunting, man. And, Nothing like it. Do, do I even need to ask what you're like? Do I even need to recap? Ask your MVP? No, I, I didn't it's think not so. Not even close. MV, MVP is hunting. In my office here to my camera. Stay, oh, other side. Camera. Stage right? Nope. It would be this way. Uh, stage left? Yeah, my stage left. I've got my uh, my gun cabinet to my stage left. I've got other hunting gear. Uh, and I have a, a bear tag and a uh, used shell of the bear that I got this spring. So... Yeah. It's not even close. No, and it, I, I, I knew that. <laughs> but like I said, you added it being I, like, I know what your pick is already. Totally. And but I but I knew I couldn't exclude it because I knew that a you would call me out and B, I, I mean, I'm not a hunter. I'm not Yet. married to somebody whose family is uh, into hunting, uh, but I used to date somebody whose family was. And I remember Every Thanksgiving, they would load up their motorhomes, their travel trailers, their whatever, and they would go to the same spot every year, park their trailers, and, I mean, it wasn't anything crazy. They would just go grouse hunting, like shooting stupid birds. Um, But that was their tradition. That was their Thanksgiving tradition. It was fall. It was time to go shoot some birds. And so I, I, I know that it is a big deal for the hunting community. Uh, I'm not surprised it is your MVP. But I don't care that you have a gun. I'm not giving you a first down. Oh. I'm so like other other third downs, whatever. I get it. Poor decisions. I won this third down. It wasn't even close. You're, you're saying I missed the third down, but what you failed to see was like the 95-yard touchdown I just scored. Maybe it's because you were just too predictable, and I was playing a lurk defense, and I picked that off. Not even close. <laughs> Anyways, do we have any questions in our mail league this week? Uh, Yeah, why are you so stupid? That was the first one, but we already know the answer to that. Why you know, do you, know you look why, the way you know that what? you are? I actually, you know why I didn't get the first down there? is because you don't actually get awarded first downs on touchdowns. I took that to the hizzy, and <laughs> I've, I've seen it referred to as the hizzy on the tweet machine. So You're perfect, trying too hard, Steve. Perfect time drop there. Um, yeah, our first question, our buddy Ryan Hank. This is a fun one. Uh, usually he asks very sarcastic, stupid questions, but this one is actually pretty funny, but uh, actually kind of uh, a good question. What would you ask if you got the TB 600 ball? You're not getting season tickets for life, but what would you ask for? I've been thinking about this (laughs) all day. (laughs) Like literally driving home from the farm, from the pumpkin patch today. I was like, what would I ask for? And I think it would have to be something game worn from tom brady so whether that be i mean my my initial instinct said helmet on the day that he throws for 600 touchdowns yeah game worn helmet they're never going to give you that that's going into the hall of fame then i'll keep the ball i don't care (laughs) like like no 
chance okay, cool. you keep the ball. But like nobody yeah. is keeping the ball. So, but but that's what I would want. I would want would want something game worn. Sure. Whether it be helmet, jersey, cleats, jock strap, um, jock strap for sure. <laughs> Don't wash it, please. Um, <laughs> Smells like Giselle. But, but <laughs> I, I I could not add that. In there. Um. <laughs> Oh. What, what would you ask for? <laughs> well, I think you know my answer already, but um, yeah, I mean, they're not giving you it. all of the stuff he's wearing right now is going to Canton uh, in the Hall of Fame. You're not getting that at all. You might actually be able to ask for season tickets. Um, but could you imagine being you know, there when Russell Wilson sets like this all time legendary record and you're sitting in the front row with the ball and you're just like, no, I'm not giving you that because you're not giving me a helmet. You're you're you are caving into pressure. Um, I actually don't think season tickets is out of the realm. Um, I could see a game used game worn sign thing. Uh, from Tom of some sort. Uh, that's definitely within reason. I just don't think it would come from this game. My my caveat to that is I'd want to meet Tom as well. Like, I want to meet Tom and have him, you know, sign some game use stuff from the past just so I can say that I've met him, talk to him. It would, you know, one of those bucket list things you could check off uh, your list. Hand the ball back to him and as he's giving you, yeah. Right. Something like that where you're like, yes, this is your ball. Of course I will. Um, you know, whatever else you want to say with that. So take the ball, run out of the stadium and hold it ransom. That's right. Yeah. Um, so before we move on to our other question, I just remembered uh, in, in uh, our podcast account mailbag release, I said, I'm not taking questions from Liam Haggerty because he's a big Bengals fan. Uh, so I said, I'm not answering any questions. And his response was, there better be a long discussion about how good the Bengals are, how disrespected and dismissed they've unfair, they're unfair and dismissed they're unfairly being treated and speculation about who they're going to welcome to the jungle in the second half of January. I think I did a pretty good job of pumping the Bengal tires. Um, they do look good and I agree they're disrespected. Everyone at the start of the year had them dead last in the division or like me had them third in the division. Nobody had them top of the division. So hundred percent they've been overlooked and yeah, they look great. They look unbelievable. And is Jamar Chase not shutting up everybody that said the Bengals should have taken Panay Sewell, myself included. Me too. Um, Yeah. Like, Like how many long ball touchdowns does that guy have yeah and 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 that's the thing is like he had he had the age 82 yard touchdown today against the ravens it wasn't even a long ball he just like played like you said pinball and took off um so yeah he's he's got a lot of deep touchdowns um definitely proving all of us all of our uh us armchair gms that we are dumb and know nothing about football 
and the Bengals made the right choice. I just don't think it was still that dumb of a thing to say they should have taken Panay Sewell. I think their receiving core is good without Jamar Chase. It's spectacular with him. Um, Maybe it's just Jamar Chase was actually the better pick of the two, but I don't think they would have gone wrong picking Panay Sewell. Um, We got a question here from Nick Reed uh, on Twitter at nick one. AUS, so kind of like Nicholas, but without the L, and then Reed. So at Nick one AUS Reed, which fits into this. Is it time to acknowledge the Bengals as a threat to win the division? You absolutely right. It is like the thing with divisions is if you can beat your division, if you can do well in your own divisional games, you stand a really high chance of winning the division overall, even if you're above mediocre right now they're three games above 500 um and they look like they like they can go onto the road play a a team in a hostile building a division rival and come out with the win so absolutely without a doubt it is time to start at the very least thinking you know start penciling them into a high wild card spot for sure if not the division lead um, our last question comes from Peter Klima's helmet. Always a fun one on Twitter to chat with. Ask Sleepyhead what it's like getting beat by the city dump. Uh, capital that's city, me. capital dump. Yeah, you're the Sleepyhead. We are. We knew that. Yeah, I, I, I'm Sleepyhead. I'm the guy that likes to have the uh, you know old dad naps. <laughs> um, all I have to say about being beat by the city dump. It's sticky in here. It smells weird. I don't know what to do. Like, how to get out of this? Like, somebody please send help. I have no idea what you're talking about, but it's weird. I'm guessing that's an inside joke, but. He's beating me on fantasy football. Hmm. You're the city Mm -hmm. dump. Mm -hmm. Or he's the city dump. He's the cumin dumpster. Oh, the old spice dumpster. That's right, the old spice spicy. dumpster. Spicy it is. Smells weird and it's sticky. <sighs> Smells weird and lots of apple cores in there, I'm guessing. <laughs> A little bit of pineapple, probably. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Who throws pineapple away? That stuff's useful and delicious. <laughs> All right, we, uh, we're just cresting over the hour and a half marker, so it's time to shut her down so I can uh, go cry myself to sleep a little bit. Um, good episode, fun episode, despite, you know, being Eeyore for the week. Um, they get a bye. Finally wasn't my turn. That's right. Uh, the Ravens are on a bye next week, so I cannot be disappointed. You're going to love like Sunday we- next week. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I might not even watch football. I might show up to the thing and be like, Chris, what are we talking about? Um, but we'll get through it. Will you teach me how to football? <laughs> Will you teach me football in? <laughs> um, yeah, as with every week, Christopher, I give you the final words of the week. Yeah, guys. Uh, thank you, everyone, for tuning in live, listening to the uh, podcast in its traditional format, which is, of course, Everywhere that you get your podcasts, uh, if you're listening on Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell they call it, please make sure that you are subscribing, uh, leave a rating, leave a review, 
uh, as you listen, we, we love seeing those things. Um, anywhere else that you're listening, if you can su- subscribe, hit that su- subscribe button as well. Um, thank you to Bad Tattoo for jumping on as a official sponsor for the third down segment. Uh, make sure you go sign up for the Bad Tattoo Beer Club at badtattoobrewing.com. You can follow me over at Twitter at PhilipsChris12. Don't forget Steve at SSFisher87. And, of course, the podcast account at BallHawks underscore pod. And, as always, guys, well, two things. Enjoy the Monday Night Football game. And, as always, go Hawks. Peace. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.